0: But as humble as he thought he was, as, he him, as he And it's like, that was probably the last major one for me, but we hope he's
1: that.
2: Yeah. we <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 oh, yeah. it. Yeah.
0: So I'm that it all the time up here. Uh, come, on, come on, baby. not, I'm I'm not there. There.
1: just the back you. can take baby Oh my, oh my, oh my not
2: it's also awesome. nice to meet you. I'm mean, the one. Nice to meet
1: you. Introduce yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah
1: yeah. yeah. I'll do
0: it. No, just 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 a go. Go. <laughs> well, been, I guess.
1: I see how it is. You don't want to, talk to
0: Okay. So basically, this is a song that I made right here. So so basically what I do, I get the chorus from the real song. And then I put... So I get the chorus from the real song. Then I take the instrumental, <laughs> the instrumental in, and mix it together.
1: If you don't want to starting that you do have
0: to saying, That keep all right, we just want to welcome you for coming today. This is uh, Metro Praise Wicker Park. Let's give it up. Uh, we're going to put up the heat a little bit more. It looks like it's still a little chilly. How are you guys doing right now? Is okay? I feel like it okay? Once we start singing, we'll see how the room gets from there. But we just want to invite you to stand up with us now. We're going to open up a prayer. Uh, Vanessa is going to lead us in worship. And Josh, would you uh, open us a prayer for the
2: evening, please? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. We give you glory, God, for this this evening, Lord God, and I pray, God, that you will speak to our hearts,
1: God, that you bring comfort, that you bring peace, God, that you bring your joy, God, that you take away the loneliness, God, that you take away all the the, the things that are going through in our lives, God, the economy, financially, God, our family, our friends, God, Lord Jesus, I ask, God, that you'll be with us, God, and that you'll manifest your presence with us tonight, God. And that you will show who you are, God. In Jesus' name. amen. Amen. Amen.
0: From the bad, the good, the ugly, there's a lot to surrender. Would you think of some of those things right now? Just doing prayer. to say, God, I surrender my family. I surrender my career, my, my school, my job. Just take those few moments that we have right now to do that. Do it our way. Let the creator of the universe do what he does best. Let him create and make you who he wants you to be. Just a few more moments. Surrender. Never felt so good. Come on, some of those problems, you can't do it. You don't want to have them anyway. Well, give them up to God. It's trying to do it yourself. Let's sing that part again. You are God. I am man. You are sovereign. And now, with those things in mind, let's surrender them to God in worship. And you are I God. I am man.
1: and learn to be in comfort and in, in, in satisfied when we have little and when we have much. And that even though there's, there's struggle with money, there's struggle with um, finances, things that we need, things that we feel that we want, God will provide for us and he won't give us all the time what we want, what we, we want to feel, you know, he's going to give us what we need. And he is that kind of God, who he will make sure that we are taken care of. And I just, uh, I just want to pray right now that if we would just close our eyes and begin to pray, that uh, through through our struggles we would glorify Him. We would glorify Him. We would thank Him. We would be grateful. We wouldn't have a greedy spirit. We would have a grateful spirit because God provides for us. God is looked after us. That's
0: Lord. God is speaking to us. Come on, He's speaking tonight. Anybody else want to share? What God is speaking to them? Amen. Let's not be greedy. Let's receive what God is saying. Be grateful. Because we know, Lord God, that you are our God You are our provider, Lord God You are our Lord and master, our savior Our rock, our redeemer, our shelter,
2: our strong tower, God We run to you in the midst, Lord God Of struggles, of trials, of tribulations, Lord God You are a good God And we worship you
0: for who you are, Lord Because you are good God we lend this time out to you, Lord God. We ask you, God, to be with us today as the word is preached, Lord God. Enter our hearts, Lord God. Invade our hearts, Lord God. And make us make changes, Lord God, to glorify you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And we bless the Lord. and say our Hey, we got a welcome video. Would you slap on Would you tell about... Uh, Five people. Hello. Once you get your hearing back, you greet some people. Thank you.
2: They don't <laughs> <it'll, it'll> consider me part of that anymore, you know, oh, wonderful. wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> Does anybody recognize some <laughs> of these
0: landmarks up here? <laughs>
1: He's sitting
0: there. You know what, can hey. I tell you guys in the back row to come to the front row instead of being all scary and stuff? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I, 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 I <laughs> wonderful, we just want to welcome you guys to uh, Metro Praise, Winter Park, the place where love is abounding. Amen. Amen. Come on, somebody say, love. love. Don't you feel the love in this place? Love. This is only our third service here, but man, I'm feeling the love. I mean, like, you even think, like, can you really put a church in here? Oh, yeah. We did, we did that. We put a church in here, and we put some artwork on the wall, and we put a cafe, where we just go, ooh, this is pretty cool. So I'm glad you guys are here. So every Sunday at 5 o'clock. Keep bringing your friends and family. And my wife in the back is actually doing children's ministry. We have room for children. I think we could fit a good 15 in there. What do you guys think? Yeah. I think we could fit 20. I think we could do 20. And if you're hungry, <laughs> man, yeah, we can do a lot. So keep bringing your friends and family. Let everybody know we're meeting here Sundays at 5. And then Tuesdays at 7 is our life group. Uh, Chris is not feeling well today. We've got to pray for him and let him know that we're, we're supporting him and pray. We'll do that during our time and offering. But Chris and Vanessa, they lead it up every Tuesday. How's that been going? you want to share a little bit about the Life Group experience on Tuesdays?
1: Absolutely. So Life Group is where you get life. It's a Bible study with a bunch of friends, food, everything, a lot of energy. I would say that there's a great turnout during our Life Group Bible study every Tuesday at 7. We had about 15 people come in here rocking out for Jesus. And so if you haven't been to our Tuesday Bible study, I encourage you to come
0: amen, let's give it up for Vanessa, I awesome. thank you, so basically it's Sunday night at uh, 5, Tuesday at 7 right here, the life group is done here, and then elevate, life. elevate
1: youth
0: group, I love it, i will we give you a high five, you
1: a like, we jump back there, so we
0: have a youth group, I mean, can you believe this, I mean, we're starting a church with a youth group, like day one, like I'm so excited about this, that you guys have come and joined with us i know from the other campus this is better but man i heard uh Ella, you guys had an awesome time uh, this friday you gotta come up and share what happened at OLAB.
2: What? what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> look, look at this Friday we had our modern warfare three tournament we got a bunch of guys just coming out you know just competing for it it was just an awesome time and you could tell that they, they just felt like they belonged you know like a lot of the times you they just need a place to feel comfortable and to feel welcome and you can tell that they were just like, you know, playing cards over here, you know, just talking with one another. I talked to one of them, and they're like, man, I just love meeting new people, and this is Amen. the place to do it. So, it was just an awesome time. I'm telling you guys, man, they're getting pumped up. It's going to blow up. It's going to be full by the time you know it, man. So, it's just, you got to keep praying for it. You know? Come on, let's give it up, man. <laughs> <laughs> <Wow.
1: laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so there was 13 visitors, 13 visitors. Am I right? Somewhere around there. You know, it's all a way of getting out into the community. So we said, hey, why, why not do something they like to do? They like to do video games, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 3. And, and they came, they showed up. So this week we're gonna do the retreat, which is really awesome, come on somebody go woo woo. Woo I feel like we're like, oh, like, Hall right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know who you really did this? Yeah. They did whoop whoop, right? Yeah. Okay, this, thank you, that's my generation. Did anybody remember Cineo Hall beside me? Okay, I'll just keep moving on. <laughs> the winter retreat is going to change your life, okay? It is this week now. Now listen, I want you to come to the Irving Park campus at 7 a.m. If you don't come, I'm going to come kidnap you. Then I'm going to get arrested, and this is going to take care of my kids, baby. Come on. So I need you all to come so I don't catch a charge. So look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. don't not want to pass and catch a charge. And I do not want to get arrested. They have to come. I will go to jail kidnapping our visitor, our our visitor, visitor, I will come and kidnap them. So I want you to come. Now this is what it is here. I'm glad to showed show them at the church. What are we doing, man? Okay, let me explain this to you. We are going to leave here Sunday morning, uh, Friday morning at 7, Drive about an hour to Lake Geneva. Has anybody ever been up around there? Beautiful, just awesome. Like, pristine Wisconsin lake, trees, snow. It's going to be beautiful. We have a church out there. They're letting us use it for the whole weekend, okay? gymnasium, cafe, just, you know, pool table, ping pong, the whole deal. We're gonna have services out there with my main man, Glenn Boom Boom Badonski. So they say, boom, boom. Okay, oh. oh. come on, Glenn Boom Boom Badonski is gonna drop it like it's hot. And then, all day Friday, we're going to love Jesus, have a good time. Saturday night, we, uh, Friday night, we go to the hotel, and then we have the after party. Somebody say, after party. After, after party. party. Okay, so when we have the after party, it's going to be so much fun. It's going to be with your friends, with your family. Man, I just can't wait to bring my kids there, my family. It's going to be awesome. Then, Saturday morning, we wake up, do it again, and then come back Saturday afternoon. Come on. Right? You. We're just going to have to Now, here's the deal. There are some shekels involved, but if you can't come because of shekels, I'm telling you to come because it's F-R-E-E free. Everybody say free. Free. Okay, now, I want you to come. If there's no shekels, okay, just come. Matter of fact, we want you there even more because maybe there's things going on and it's tough for you right now. Come. Do not stay home. So if I see you next week and, and, and I'm like, yeah why don't you come to the retreat? And you're like, man, I don't have any money. I'm going to bust this iPad right behind my head. <laughs> and then I'm going to not have an iPad anymore because I'm... Busting on top of your head. So if you come and save me an iPad, can you all do that? Save me an iPad so I don't have to break it on. So if you do not have any shekels, you come, then everybody else, here's how it works, $50 uh, will basically just get you a place to stay and some food, that's all it's doing, it's covering expensive. $100 $100 will get you your own room and then you can really have an after party, put whoever you want in there. But we just make it $50, Set the opposite size, and left, you're married, okay? Because you know, there ain't nothing wrong, yes, there is something wrong if you're not married, okay? So if there is something wrong, for a little bump and grab <laughs> if you're not married. But if you are single if you guys all want to get together, you want to get your own room. You want, I'm a little germaphobe, dude. I'm a little germaphobe. Do I don't want to touch anything. Well, you get your own room, okay? So it's $100 for the room and then $25 for the food for every person you have in your room. You you guys get what I'm saying? So fifty dollars, we're gonna put you in somebody else's room. You guys will share. It'd be cool. No dollars, you come. Hundred dollars, get you your own room. Let's clap it up one Okay. And then here's the vision. Can somebody say bitch? show? Oh, Danny, would you do me a favor? Give me some books, please. I always. Uh, Forget to ask Ellie to get him up here. Thank you, everybody. Say this with me: Loving God, loving people. people. Let's say it again: Loving God, loving people. people. Thank you. Our biggest desire is that everybody would love God and love people. This is the heart that I believe Jesus had. I don't think you can really have a better vision. Now, sometimes churches every year they change it. They're like, "Oh, this is what we're doing this year." Know what? We never change our vision, but we know we do. We come up with a little rhyme to make it sound cooler. Okay, so everybody say, 2012, 2012. 2012, we're going to delve into loving God and loving people. Oh. See, isn't that cool? We, just, oh. we, we put it into <laughs> a rocket. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> everybody say, 2011, we're going to touch heaven, we're going to touch <laughs> loving God <and> loving people. <laughs> see, 2013, I got a year to think about it, okay? So 2012, we are going to delve, thank you, deeper into loving God and loving people. Jesus said it. that is the greatest commandment then we have a strategy. Everybody go, strategy. Strategy. Thank you. Our strategy is to connect you to the cross. I believe the best way to do that is that, that Tuesday life group. So this is what we ask you to do if you want to connect to Jesus and get close to God at this church. Come Sunday. Come Tuesday. Isn't that pretty simple? I mean, you don't have a lot of time. We get it. You're busy. But hopefully that is a simple enough schedule that you guys can grow here. Come Sunday. Come Tuesday. When you come Tuesday, you're going to have that life group experience. You're going to connect with others. See, because right now, I don't know what your tough time was this week. I don't know what's going on with your mom and how I should pray for your hands. I don't know what you're going to deal with this week on your job and you need a miracle. But guess what? You can talk about all those things. That life group. If you want to, if you don't, you can just, you know, just be private. But Life Group is a place you can ask people to pray for you. You can tell them what's going on in your heart. So Sunday, then Life Group. Somebody say connect. connect. Thank you. Then when you're at the Life Group, you can talk to Chris and Vanessa and go, man, I want to get mentored. Because our church takes seriously discipleship. We've wrote these books to give to you so you can be discipled one-on-one. This first book, Seven Steps to Help, uh, Seven. what is this? Welcome to your new life. <laughs> it's here grow. You'll never forget the title ever again. No. Uh, you go through this book, it will change your life. Now, here's the thing. You know, of course, I wrote it There's the handsome guy right there. Everybody's scrolling. Yeah. You did the wrong, way. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> You know, it reminds me, see, when I used to, when I, this is a true story, when I used to go to the pool, I was a skinny guy, I would take off my shirt, and I literally remember this, I literally yeah. remember this, these girls from the school, they were
1: like,
0: oh my. <laughs> <laughs> I was so sad, <laughs> I took off my shirt, oh <laughs> my. And then like just like a year ago, like I took off my shirt, somebody like, Oh, I was like, Oh, oh my so like, wait, wait. Like, like baptism with a shirt on it. Like it's like a whale with a shirt, you know? I like, oh, my. So that was, thank you for that. It went from blue to, blue to blue. Yeah. yeah!
1: Okay, so, so
0: anyways, back to stuff that's really cool and spiritual. When we wrote these, when I wrote these books, the idea was to make disciples. Long story short, other nations are now using them, right? 200 churches around the world, four different nations, five different locations. We have two in India. When I was talking to our pastor in Nigeria this Thursday, Pastor Chime, we gave him 500, okay, and he he gave them out. This is what he said to me, he goes, the words in that book I know are not just from you, they're from God. They're speaking to our people, to the nation. Now you know, as a pastor, that's really humbling for me to hear. I'm like, no, no, I don't, no, it wasn't God. You know, it was just me and whatever. But, but man, I, I was re-editing this, and I want to be honest with you. God is speaking through some of the pages here. Can I read just a page here? Because here's the deal. You might think, like, oh, God, you're pretty prideful here. No, I want you to hear me. I know me. I know what I'm capable of. High school dropout. Okay, you know, I went back and got my education. But listen, I know my my feet stink. I'm an average Joe. But there are some things in here I think if you go through, it'll bless your life. Can I just read this? Can we, can we do this? Yeah. Okay, I'm going yeah. to. Listen to this. Living by Faith, chapter 4. Free online PDF By way, If you want to test out the, the book before you get it, it's, it's, uh, it's free. Have you ever wondered what made people of God able to do all the great things they did? Moses split the Red Sea in two. David spent an entire night in the dead of hungry lions and wasn't even scratched. Peter walked on water to meet Jesus on the stormy sea. Did you ever wonder what made them different from you and me? What made Peter so special? Why didn't the other 11 apostles walk on the water with him? What was so special about Moses? And why didn't Pharaoh and his great honor split the Red Sea? Listen to this. The answer to these questions is actually very simple. Faith. Can somebody say faith? Faith. Thank you. Faith in God changed their world. And here's the sentence right here. I know this is what God was saying to encourage people. Simple faith in God and his word made them different from every other person in their similar circumstance. Do you know a lot of people right now are struggling? And there's gonna be a difference between those who have faith because they're gonna overcome and those who don't. And sometimes people are gonna look at those of us who have faith and they're gonna say, how do you get out of that trouble? How do you still have a family? How are your children well behaved? How are you getting good grades? What's going on different in your life? And you're gonna say, it's faith in God. Would you consider getting into this class with Chris and Vanessa, the 101, if you if you will, will you say amen? Amen. amen. Now don't lie. I see about two of you say amen. I'm glad the rest of you didn't lie, but I'm gonna have all of you say amen. Say amen. 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 So I got you right there. You're gonna join this class. And then after you join this class, right here, after you join us, then get into the 201. on You know already. We were talking about this, Karina, and already Wicker Park has a 201 right here, 3.30. Right now, we're already doing this class. Boom shakalaka, boom. Come on. We do this. We connect you to the cross. We teach the cross. We can send you out with the cross. 100,000 disciples here in Chicago with 50 churches, 500 around the world, already with 200, 300 more to go, two campuses here, only 48 more to go. We're doing the thug-dizzle. Amen? Amen. 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 So be a part of it. I want to thank you guys for being here today. This is the way to do it. So get in that life group. Let's begin to change the world. Let me give you an update on the nations, Um, some things going on right now. Pastor Edward. You guys know Pastor Evan, if you don't know Pakistan, okay, that's where he's at, 70-plus churches, was robbed this week. Rob, think about this, Christians, you know that word. They, they the, the terrorist people just are constantly afflicting our churches over there, okay? So when they, well, what they did is they scoped out this church. Okay, the churches there are like this. They have things that people want those things, okay? So what they did is they scoped it out. They saw the time when the men left and the women were there some point in the day they they marked it they came when the women were there with guns and knives and they put the knives to his wife edward's uh, wife's throat they put the knives to them and they threatened to kill them as they robbed them i didn't get a chance to share that this morning would you pray for pakistan this week pray for them lift them up in prayer it's so important to do that i talked to the rest of them everybody else is doing good we're in southern northern india pastor nail is in northern india he's doing good southern india everything is well uh, then in Nepal, Pastor Matt has started new churches. Uh, Pastor Nil is actually—they're all starting new churches, by the way. Right now, Pastor Anil is up to about seventy churches. He was about forty when we left there in August. I mean, of you guys even get this in your mind? Like I'm talking about two churches in America. These guys are talking like seventy churches. They're, they're starting churches like we pop popcorn. Okay, keep them in your prayer. In your prayers, because they need it, especially Pastor Edward. I'm going to try to see if we can send something special to him. So, if you want me to put that for you as well, when you give to missions, just circle, uh, you know, missions obviously, and say Pastor Edward, and we'll take whatever you want us to give and send that to them because they stole his computer, they stole some instruments, uh, they did some damage there. Also, during this time right now, we're having the opportunity for you to give into and, uh, and our building fund. Our building fund is to pay off debt here, basically. Okay, it costs us about sixty four hundred dollars to get in here and make it look nice you guys understand that i don't have to keep you here all day talking about it but we basically need to raise the funds to pay it off and keep moving forward uh, the rent here is 500 dollars a month for the first three months that is an awesome deal you can't even get an apartment for 500 dollars, let alone you know a, a whole building so we need to have the monthly rent and we also need to pay this off because we came in here by faith and we don't want to stick you with the bill if you're new. We don't want you to feel like, oh, now you got to pay it. We're just asking you to help us so that we can be here next month. Because it's, we're kind of crazy like that, okay? Like, we showed up and put it all on the line. It was like, okay, here we are. Everybody want a church? You know, so it's kind of like that. So, I mean, I'm not trying to put anybody on the spot. But, but help us come back next month, okay? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I want to come back next month. And so we've already raised the seventy dollars. Give it up for seventy dollars. Uh, never seventy dollars lightly, but we need another four thousand nine hundred thirty dollars. Okay. <laughs> come on, come on, I We can raise it. You may give that today. Somebody may put that in your arm. I've met youth give $1,000. I've met a person on the plane, never saw him again, give $20,000. God is able to do it. You may be sitting here today. You want to knock it out. Let's do it. And let's teach these teenagers to have some faith in God. Amen? Because God can knock it out of Bill and take out Bill. This is not the first time he's had to provide manna to do some miracles, wine, on, you know, on the wedding or of loaves of fish and multiplying. He can do it again. Amen? Amen. Nothing against you guys. I just want you guys to see God can do it. Here's something that we just encourage everybody to do tithes and offerings. A tithe is, is uh, 10% of our total income and offerings what we offer to God after that, out of that 90%. Okay? So when you get your check, God says, give me 10%. That breaks greed, stores up treasures in heaven, and lets you transform the world. That's that's what we call a tithe. everybody say a tithe? Oh, thank you. Then in offerings, that 90% you got, let me say, God, what do you want me to do with it? Well, that's where we believe in sowing seed into the building or into missions, or if you're really awesome, you do both. You know, I like, kind of like how you went to McDonald's and Burger King last week. You did both. Uh, you know, I like, kind of like how when you ladies, when you're at the store, you were like, this pair of shoes or that pair of shoes, And you did both. You can be that radical for Jesus. You guys know what I'm saying? You can give both. Let's all stand up together. Amen. Here's how you give in this church. Danny, would you grab me an envelope real quick, please? Thank you. Here's how we give. We're not even going to take it up right now. This is so awesome. about uh, Wicker Park. We're just going to make you stand up. Do a little shake, you know, throw your left hand in the air and shake it everywhere something
1: like that. hokey Yeah,
0: This is real simple how we do it at the Metro. It's very simple. You put your name and address there, and then after that, all you need to do is put your name, because we know who you are, okay? I'm just saying this because it's a new congregation. Once we know who you are, all you got to do is put your name up there. Tithe obviously goes here, offering goes here, and then you designate a building or missions. And I wanna let you know this, not only when you're giving tithes and offerings, but anytime prayer requests, just fill it out and put it in the drop box, okay? So the Dropbox is right here where I'm pointing behind me. Just put it in there before and after services. Know that God's gonna use you. And what's really cool about MetroPraise, can you show them the online giving real quick? Online giving at MetroPraise for people like me who don't carry cash or checks anymore. Is there anybody like me that just carries plastic now? Like, dude, I get so annoyed when somebody tells me, like, I don't take credit cards. I'm like, why are you still living in 1970? What has happened to you? Like, this is all I want to do, and then everybody's like, the mark of the beast, like, let me tell you, the mark of the beast is going to cause you to deny your faith, but if I could have a little chip that would just have my bank account information, I would be a guy that would do that. You're like, no, you got the mark of the beast, no, I'm just tired of losing my wallet all the time, <laughs> <laughs> so just put a little thing right there, bam. Okay, so let's just go up here, pick uh, pa- uh, Booker Park. Yeah, campus, go all the way down. Pick out support. It's really simple, guys. And then you just get to talk about, uh, choose what you want. One-time gift, repeating gift, because, you know, it can come out. And then uh, missions, one-time, <laughs> repeating, and then the same thing for building. Everybody go, aha. Ah. See? You now you know how to do that. We're going to pray now. We won't collect it before and after service. You can drop it off there any time on the computer. But I do want to pray and bless you guys and ask you to pray for our churches around the world, especially for Pastor Edward. Amen. Let's pray right now. Father, I thank you today for what you're doing around the world. Uh, I lift up to you, Pastor Edward, and the churches that you've uh, given him, and the ones that work with us there in Metro Praise. Lord, he was robbed. What a, what a, just a disaster. I can't even imagine my wife being held at knife point and gunpoint. point. Uh, Lord, replace those things that were stolen from him. Lord, I even ask you to convict those criminals. I've heard many times where they see dreams and visions, and they get convicted, and they bring it back after they've either tried to harm us or steal from us. And I pray you even do it there. Save this Muslim nation, Lord. And the rest of our churches: Pastor um, Madhab and Nepal, Kathmandu, as they increase and grow be with them. Pastor uh, Amit down in southern India, just increasing. Lord, protect them. Pastor Anil in northern India. And Pastor Chime in Nigeria. And now, Lord, we pray for this nation. We ask you to bless us. Lord, our Congress is uh, trying to approve what the, the president set up as a $1.2 trillion deficit increase, what would be $16 million in total more than our total income as a nation. God, we just need your help right now in this yes, country. Yes. We need wisdom from the top down. We ask you to deal with our businesses, remove corruption from the city, from this nation, and be with each person here, God, that tomorrow goes somewhere to work in a company or a job, even as we're talking about that today. Let them see their purpose is greater than just getting a paycheck. It's building the kingdom of God. Lord, use this city. Use this church to be a beacon to the rest of the cities, the rest of the churches. In Jesus' name, can everybody say amen? Amen. And then God wants to use you. Here's his plan to do it. Let's say it on the count of three. One, two, three. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And you say amen? and seated. Thank you, guys, for those of you who help out and give. We appreciate you. Would you know up your Bibles with me in Matthew 18? Excuse me, Matthew 28, 18. We're in the middle of a series right now called the Nine Mountain of Influence series. Everybody say nine mountains. Nine. Thank you. I want you to think about what nine mountains of influence are, okay? Everywhere you go in life, there are leaders in cultural settings, okay? These leaders in our culture and in our world are on a mountain. The mountain they're on causes us to look up to them. And they have influence. Take, for example, when you grew up with your mom and dad, did you look up to them? They were an influence over your life, right? Mm -hmm. Now, as I'm a mom and dad, my kids look up to me. That's what we talked about two weeks ago. By the way, all of our sermons are free for download as well and to listen. And in church, when you come to church, you're actually looking up to me right now, aren't you? You're like looking up as I'm speaking. How about people looking up to you when you be a part of the church and do the things that you're called to do? And then today we're going to talk about business. Next week, we're going to talk about government, like how if we have more political Christ- uh, Christians and politics, not corruption, but good godly men, we could make a difference, couldn't we? And then the week after that, media and the arts. I know in Wicker Park, we have a lot of people like the media and the arts. Anybody here a little artsy? Do you ever think of yourself as being artsy-fartsy or just artsy? The fartsy, not so much? Where did that come from? We'll talk about that later, but that's what came to my mind, okay? So your artsy. your artsy. How about using that for God? You ever heard of the Sistine Chapels? You ever heard of Beethoven? How about, did you know that that all came from Christians? Art came from Christians. Um, music came from Christians. And why not have it do that again? Amen? Amen? And then here's another model we're going to be talking about, charity. A lot of charitable organizations right now seems to be kind of popular. Charity, but well, we want to be there. We don't want to let Angelina Jolie outdo us. Does anybody want to let Brad Pitt be more into charity than you are? Yeah. Do you know how much the average American gave to charity last year? How much percent of their income? 2%. You know what makes that pretty awesome, though, is we doubled the, national, the the worldwide average of 1%. So we're pretty good at 2%. What are we spending that 98% on? We need to get out there and make a difference in people's lives. Here's another little side where we talk about missions in this church a lot. Do you know that Americans spend more on pet food than they do on foreign missions? Think about it petco you ever been there we got some fishes my wife and i we go there more people in america spend food as uh, money on food taking care of their pets than they do on spreading the gospel of jesus christ somebody say lord have mercy, lord, have mercy. Amen. amen education you ever heard of these schools harvard princeton yale ever heard of them Those of you who haven't, we're praying for you, okay? We really are. We care about you. We want you to grow and know what's going on in the world. Harvard, (laughs) Princeton, and Yale, they call them Ivy League colleges today. You know what they used to call them back then when they first started? Bible colleges. Did you know Harvard was a Bible college? Princeton was a Bible college. Yale was a Bible college. Whatever happened to Christians being in education? Why does it look like we're the fumble farts, the back end of every joke, and the boots on, on entertainment shows, you know, like Bill Maher and all these different, uh, you know, talk shows? you know that we were the ones, Christians, that actually developed the entire collegiate system? We were the Christians. Developed the collegiate system. Think about that for a little bit. Most of modern science came from Christians, by the way. Ever heard of Sir Isaac Newton? You ever heard that guy? Still one of the greatest physics uh, people who taught physics and gave the foundation for everybody after him. Another Christian man wrote twice as much about the Bible than he did about physics. And then we'll talk about the community, making a difference in the community, and lastly missions. And you might say, what, what what's missions going to do for me? If you're in a village without proper drinking water, don't know anything about God, you should go there as a uh, you live there. We send missionaries there. Of course, you're going to look up to them. We want to teach you how to be a part of, of this world and changing it for God. Amen. Here are nine mountains that this church is going to teach you for the next two months for you to find your mountain. Now, like every one of them, you're probably going to be like, yeah, I'm cool with it. You're going to vote for politics and buy some art, but you may not own every one of them. I want you during this next couple of months to pray and say, God, what mountain am I going to own? Like, what is going to be my mountain that I can make the biggest difference in in life? You know, I teach as a Bible college professor. I make a little music on the side. But really, where am I going to be? The church mountain. Obviously, I have a family, but I don't see myself being a Dr. Phil family expert. But, you know, I'm going to own that church mountain. Some of you may be a family expert. Some of you may be an educational expert. Some of you may be an arts expert. If we all in this church became good at what we're supposed to, we can change the world. Amen. Amen. I believe that so much. This is the last time I'm going to show you the book, but it's the place where I got a lot of the inspiration for what we're going to talk about today. It's from Michael Maiden. It's a book forwarded by Bill Johnson, Jesus Culture pastor out there in Bethel. you ever heard of him? Okay, the two of you, that's all right. You've probably heard their songs before. But the bottom line is he gave me seven of the mountains. I came up with nine. I would recommend you to get it because it changed my life. It may change yours, you know? Get a couple bucks, go to Amazon, you know, shipping and handling. You can do it. I buy a used book, so I think you'll enjoy it. Are you with me in Matthew 28? Yeah. Somebody I'm say, I'm there. I'm there. Amen. Let's go into the theme Scripture for the whole series. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So who has all authority on heaven and earth? Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Therefore, go and make Sunday morning Christians of all the nations. No. Is that what it said? No. Therefore, go and make choir members. (laughs) No. Is that what it said? (laughs) No. Therefore, go and make Christors. Those who just come on Christmas and Easter. No. 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 Therefore, go and make disciples. Everybody say Mathateus. Mathateus. Mathateus in the Greek means a committed follower or disciple. That's that Greek word. Go out and make committed followers. Go out and make Mathateuses. Go out and make disciples. Jesus called us disciples, not just Christians, not just make-believers, not just Sunday morning attendees. He said, be my follower, be committed to me, go into all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey just the easy things that make everybody feel comfortable. Is that what it said, Lewis? Just to obey the things that don't offend anybody. No. No, he said, teach them to obey everything I've commanded you and surely i'm with you always to the very end of the age did he say that i'm with the person who is not a disciple to the very end of the age no god is there watching omniscient all all present all knowing omnipresent and omniscient means all knowing he's seeing what's going on but he is only with intimately these disciples. Do I have any disciples here today? Is anybody here living for Jesus? Does anybody sense the presence of Jesus in their everyday life? And you're not crazy with an imaginary friend named Buki, right? It's really Jesus following you around, right? Okay, great. You know what Jesus said to do? He said, now go out and make other disciples. You've got to teach them what to do. You've got to show them how to live for Christ. Now here's the deal. This is why I get so excited about this series. Because right now is when most of you probably in your brain, you're like, Joe, you know, I can't probably do that because I'm, a, I'm not a pastor like you. I go to a job. How am I going to make a disciple? I'm so glad you asked. That's what today's about. How many of you have jobs? Okay. How many of you want a job? Raise your hand. Okay. How many of you want to stay broke, busted, and disgusted the rest of your life? Raise your hand so we can pray for you. Okay. Let's try it again. How many of you have a job? Okay. How many? Now keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. How many of you want a job? Okay, praise God, amen. Uh, It doesn't matter what type of job you have, God wants you to work. God wants you to work. Work may be a four-letter word, but it's a good four-letter word, Amen? amen? God wants you to work. He wants you to be successful. You know that before sin came into the world, Adam and Eve still worked. They tended the garden. They named the animals. So work is not a result of the curse. Work is a blessing. Imagine if all you did all day was just stay at home and did nothing. You wouldn't be happy with yourself. You really wouldn't. Even if you think that, that's just immaturity. Some young adults, they say, oh, I wish I could just stay at home all the time, pass the gas, not shower, be nasty, and have my mom do my laundry. No, with, you have a problem, okay? You have a problem. We need to kick you out into the woods and have you build a Lincoln Log cabin or something okay, for you to wake up and smell the roses, okay? The, the life is not about you sitting on the couch having Mountain Dew parties and just watching TV. You got to get out there. How many you actually like to work? Okay, how many like what they're good at doing? You like, I mean, if you could do it, you would do it all the time. That's good, right? Isn't that a good feeling? When when you get into your groove, what you feel the best, whether it's an accountant pressing numbers together, whether it's a teacher teaching, somebody building, a salesperson selling, ingenuity people inventing, you know, creative people, you know, developing art and things. When you get into the business God has called you into, God is into that business. So here's the thing I want you to think about as we watch this today. How, uh, can I have a video? Uh, can you get ready for me, please? Uh, I want you to think to yourself, how can I be successful at what I do in business and cause people to want to learn about God through me? Now, this is not going to work if you get fired on your job. People are not going to want to learn about God, okay? They're going to say, I don't want to do what you do. But this is for those who want to be successful. Has anybody ever seen Undercover Boss? Undercover Boss, okay, it was a TV show. It was a good yeah. show. You guys might want to watch it sometime because it's cool. You know what it does? Undercover Boss shows these CEOs going into their company in a uh, like a mask or some type of a makeup thing where they don't know who they are, and then they get to know the everyday people, okay? That's the idea, Undercover Boss. And you know what they always find out is the guy who does the things that really nobody else wants to do is the one who makes the company great so it's not just take for example AT&T okay I'm with AT&T because I do the Apple stuff and I feel like they do it best for what I have think about this when I walk into the AT&T place do I know the owner of the AT&T shop like the one I go to there in Harwood Heights no I don't know who they are but who do I see the girl opening the door takes my name and says next in line Right? That doesn't seem like a big deal. She opens the door, she takes my name, she says next to life. But can I tell you something? When that girl or that person owns that, I feel special. I'm like, dude, I love AT&T because you know it's not like all I'm trying to wait in line and try to figure out what's going on. You know what happens at at and They take my name. They call it out. I feel so cool. Has anybody ever been to a place where it's the server at the restaurant or somebody just insignificant, but because they do their job so well, like you like going to those places? I don't know about you, but that's where I like to be. It, I, I, I'm getting to the age where I feel like I'm becoming like a grumpy old man, like at a young age, because I just feel like, man, if I'm going to go out and spend money, like I want it to be enjoyable, like restaurants. Like if I go to a restaurant and they make me feel like crap, like they don't treat me good, I'm like, why am I going here? Do you know that some of the restaurants you can go to hardly charge any money, but if you go, they treat you good. One of my favorite places, is Apulaski and... Uh, Addison, La Villa. Not a very expensive Italian restaurant. just probably like one you'd have anywhere around the neighborhood. But you know what? When those servers sit you down and they bring out the bread, it's like they own it. And I'm like, I don't know the owner of La Villa, but I know you. And so what do I do? Whenever I bring in my friends, I say, guess where we've got to go? we got to go to La Villa. And then the servers know me. And then like, they get to know the servers. It's awesome. Now, this is what I want you to think. You're going to learn right now about a little business called Hobby Lobby that only brings in about 2.5 billion a year, okay, little small businesses. A little sarcastic. You're gonna learn about Hobby Lobby, and I want you to see how they made a difference starting from small to big, and wherever you are in your life, how you can make a difference. Can I hear an amen on that? Amen. amen. amen will you start that for me, please, Ellie? Thank you, sir. Oh, you know what, i here. Sorry,
2: guys, we start that again more friend. Yeah. Let's start that again. Yeah, just roll that back, baby. Roll that tape back again. In my junior and senior year in high school, I took a course called distributed education. Because of that I was able to get out of school by about eleven thirty and go down to a local 5 & 9 store and work during my junior and senior years. And I found myself loving the work and loving retail, and uh, I, I took to it. I said, you know, this is something I think I could do. I don't know that my mother and father, being ministers, really understood that we all have a calling on our lives. And uh, as a result of that, after I got into retail, I really felt like I was a second-class citizen, a second-class Christian and it took me some time to learn that you know god had a purpose for my life as well as in my brothers and sisters which all five went into the traditional pastor pastor's life evangelists during a time when i was actually a store manager at uh, a variety chain i decided to start manufacturing something just to go in business for myself and so we started manufacturing really small miniature frames in our garage and that's how we got started in business for ourselves and from that manufacturing um, we used the profits to open up our first store 300 square feet which is about the size of a living room then after that we we made enough profit to take it to a thousand square feet which was a big big move we thought at the time over the year, we, God has blessed us, and we have continued to add stores, and uh, we're at the point this year where our sales are going to be $2.5 billion, and God has blessed us to be a very profitable company. Every day, there's decisions around here that has to do with this what uh, Christ would have us to do. And so we tried to, to ask those questions as many times that God tests us in terms of dollars and cents. Like when he was dealing with us on, on opening on Sunday, we said, you know, this is what God would have us to do. At that time, we were doing $100 million on Sunday. Not that we've always made the right decisions, but hopefully that we are very sensitive to uh, finding out what Christ would have us to do in our business. Uh, we don't uh, set our Christianity on the shelf when we come to work. Uh, it is a part of our work. I think it should have an influence on in every decision, uh, because as a Christian, that means that we are following Christ. Uh, that means that every decision that we make should be guided and directed uh, by Christ that lives within us. If you a unique company to work for, uh, what uh, such... All Christian uh, principles that, that take so much of what we do here that really kind of says it's not just about words, it's not just just what we say, it's show showing how we live. The employees really feel the love that the Green Family has for them. Um, they support a lot of ministries that invest in their lives. We're just grateful to be able to see not only the lives that it's touching here, but they take this information home and it's making a big impact in their family as well. I feel like the lord has put these twenty thousand employees in our charge he spoke to me about that at one time and i thought at the time it meant only their spiritual and as a result of that we hired three chaplains but you know when i gave it more thought i think he also meant in terms of their financial needs and so we felt like that we needed to do all we could do step up above what what's required of us what is required of us is seven dollars and 25 cents an hour minimum wage but the last couple of years we have raised the minimum wage to our full-time employees now is at twelve dollars and in addition to that we try to give them reasonable hours that's why we're only open 66 hours a week and uh, because we have taken care of our employees they have taken care of us it has been a good relationship. I walked into one of our break rooms recently, one of the housekeepers was standing there. So I called her by name, and said, how are you this morning? She said, I'm just wonderful. She said, I'll clean restrooms and I clean floors to help David Green that the gospel spread worldwide. It doesn't matter who fills what position out here, there's that heart to please God in everything that is said and done. And that attitude comes from the Green family this business uh, has been blessed by god he has given uh, the family the skills and ability the opportunity the time the ideas all of these have come uh, in one way or the other from god and so for us to lay claim to that would be wrong on our part that helps us have the right perspective and understanding uh, and i feel like that it's ours to do whatever we want to do so we believe. Have a document that says if this company is sold. Ninety percent of it would have to go to various ministries, and the other ten would go towards maybe the health, maybe education, things of that nature for our great, great grandchildren. We do not own this company, but we're the stewards. God has given us the responsibility to be good stewards, and that we want to do. Well, let's give it up for the Green family. Come
0: on. Thank you. No, I wanted to show that to you for a few different reasons. Uh, the first reason is I wanted to show you that we can develop Christian businesses based on Christian principles. You see, there are people out in the world right now using business for their sake to have money, to do what they want with it. People say, well, I want to make money so I can get a big house. I want to make money so I can get involved in politics, whatever. Why can't Christians say, well, we want to make money to make a difference? Think about that. Al Green was a pastor's son that said, I want to get into business, and I want to make a difference. So if you're here today, maybe you might have a business in your heart. God can use you to have a business. Now, the thing with Al Green is him and I actually have the exact opposite story. You see, Al Green came from a, a family of generation of pastors. I came from a generation of businessmen. My grandfather came here as a small child from Poland. He started off as a young man working in shops. He then went to the military, came back, worked as a postman, and then he began to invest in real estate, one here, one there. Well, by the time he went home to be with the Lord, he had owned hundreds of properties, many, many, many properties, okay? Many units, apartment buildings. My dad then went to college, got a degree in business, started his own business, and I was brought up with businessmen, okay? So I'm the first Christian, not uh, the first Christian, I'm sorry, the first pastor ...to go into the ministry. So him and I actually have two different experiences. But what kind of is unique there, he, he, he said, uh, among the pastors, they all kind of judged me. And then after a while, they got they got over it. I think when they got over it is when he started writing tithe checks to the church. I think mom and dad started going, cha-ching, uh, we're happy, David, you're in the business, okay? But what he said there was, I discovered my purpose. He said, I discovered my purpose. So right now, what is your purpose in business... Are you going to be willing to use it for God? See, I found that my purpose wasn't going to be in business. My purpose was going to be in church. So that's a good thing for me to be where I'm supposed to be. But if your call is not to be in church or charity or mission, some of the other things, and you're going to have a job and work nine to five and be in that, then you've got to own that and be the best you can be. And so today I want to give you two words. To help you be the best you can be in your career. Number one, shrewdness. Can everybody say shrewdness? Shrewdness. Thank you. What it means to be shrewd is to be wise in a creative way. We're going to see a whole parable that Jesus gave to us about being shrewd. The second one is stewardship. Can everybody say stewardship? Stewardship. Thank you. Stewardship means to take care of another person's goods. So let's get into uh, shrewdness right now. Look at uh, Luke chapter 16. 1 through 6. I'll give you a moment to get there in your Bible as we have it up here. When God called the people to follow him, do you know that business people followed him? Do you know that Luke who wrote the book of Luke and the book of Acts was a doctor? Matthew was a tax collector. Jesus called all kinds of people to follow him. So if you don't feel like you're too special in the church because you're not going to be here 24-7 doing all that the leaders do, that's okay. We need you to be on the job doing what you're going to do. Because if everybody was just a pastor like me, we wouldn't have any money and we wouldn't be able to do anything. We would be preaching to each other outside on a hill somewhere, okay? So all of us have got to do our part. Now, the cool thing is for Nancy, the first five years she worked until the church could supply our need. And so we know as a family to actually do both, to have to work and do ministry. And I also teach Bible college on the side, two classes. But my primary focus is church. What is the best thing I can do for people like my dad when he went to church, people in business like his dad, people like you who are getting... Careers, setting forth your job in the middle of your career. You know what I want to do? I want to show you what Jesus told you to do. Because Jesus has a word for you too. And here's something encouraging you might not do. No, Jesus talked more about money and your career than he did about heaven. Listen to that. I want to say that again. Jesus talked more about what to do with money, how to have your career, what to do with it right here, right now, than he did about heaven itself. And think about why that would be so important. Isn't heaven already taken care of? Isn't heaven already done? Do you think there's any place in heaven where the lights aren't on right now? Maybe where some of those priesters are up there. Maybe they just made it in. They only go to you know, church on Christmas and Easter. And their part of heaven is their light bulbs going out. they got to call up Angel Michael. Hey, Michael, uh, you guys don't come down here much. We're kind of in the basement of heaven. Uh, the lights are going out. You think, that's, you think that's what it's like in heaven? No, but where do we need lights to be paid here? Where do we need to provide for our family here? Where do we build churches, the kingdom of God, and go forth in the missions here? Where do we feed the widows here? Where do we clothe the naked here? Read Matthew 25, Jesus separating the sheep from the goats. He says, those of you who did these things, I bless you. Those of you who did not do these things, I curse you. And let me give you a little helpful hint, by the way. You're rich according to the standard of the rest of the world, okay? So don't think to yourself, well, I don't have a lot to give. I don't got 2.5 billion dollars. And did you notice that he said 100 million dollars on Sunday? If every Everybody was supposed to be. would be and We have to pull up those extra chairs. But you know what? People don't come because they got stuff to do on Sunday. How about Hobby Lobby? Not a hundred dollars on Sunday. Not a thousand. You know what they were making on Sunday? One hundred million dollars. And guess what he said? We're gonna close on Sunday. Amen some of y'all can't even give up a hundred dollars can you, you, you miss sunday hobby lobby said we'll give up a hundred million dollars guess what god did for them when they closed on sunday gave them that business in six days than they were making on seven days you know another company that did that chick-fil-a come on somebody amen. you need to be able to dream big dreams stop dreaming those little puny dreams amen? amen get a big dream be successful see what god has for you and it's about ready to get real right now somebody say amen, amen. amen. jesus told his disciples there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. The first thing you see here, I'm going to give you the, the, the idea right at the beginning. The rich man is God of this parable. Okay, So get this out of your mind that God is not in success or blessing. He is the rich man, and you're the one being called into account. Jesus always compares himself in the parable to the owner. the rich man to the boss to the king see jesus is not mr rogers and he doesn't like laziness the bible speaks against laziness in the book of proverbs god is a hard-working man when jesus came to this earth he worked hard he wasn't some limp wristed white skinned effeminate jesus with blonde hair and blue eyes he was a hard-working middle eastern man that had calluses on his hand that could carry a railroad tie up a hill after being beaten all night he was a man are you listening to me work hard he always compares himself to those people in the, in the parable he owns the vineyard he's the father of the house and the prodigal son he is the the rich man here as you're going to see he's this, the, the the wise man who gives the stewards his his uh talents jesus is the boss he's a good boss amen yeah. so i just want you to see that the rich man called him his manager and he said you know what you're wasting my possessions he called him in and he asked him what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you can't be my manager any longer. This idea that everybody gets to heaven, this idea of socialism that God wants us all equal, that's a bunch of below me. God is into capitalism. He blesses doers. Don'ts don't get blessed. They don't get blessed. Are you listening to me? God calls them into account. He says, you've been wasting stuff. Show me what you've been doing. Okay, let's keep going. The manager said to himself, what shall I do now? my master is taking away my job i'm not strong enough to get dead and i'm ashamed to beg. i know what i'll do so i don't lose my job when i leave here and that people will welcome me into my home in their homes you know what he said he's going to do he's going to make away way for himself because he can't beg. how many of you lost your job you're going to be a baker on the side of the street with signs one-eyed willy hobbling down the road <laughs> I probably could never do that. I could never be homeless. I'm just, dude. I don't even wear socks. You know what I'm saying? Like these guys, they're <laughs> sleeping on the sidewalk. I'm like, dear God, can you just, can we help you? Okay, don't stay out here anymore. You know, I mean, seriously, drugs and alcohol. I, I've, I, I've worked at Teen Challenge Drug Rehab, brought over 30 homeless people. It's what does it to people. Okay, but you know, if you lost your job, how many of you would keep looking for another job in West Bay? How many of you like me would not want to dig holes? You just, said, I don't want to dig holes. Okay, maybe a couple of you would like to dig holes. God bless you if I need a hole to dig. Because you're not raising your hand. I'm going to do it again. How many of you, if you lost your job, you would have bake or want to dig a hole? Okay, I can understand where you're coming from. That's what he said. He said, man, I don't want to dig holes. What is this? So he said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to find a way that my master's customers are going to like me. Look what he does. He goes to one of his master, he goes to one of his customers, and he goes, how much do you owe my master? 800 gallons of olive oil. He replied, the manager said, take your bill, sit down, and quickly make 400. See what he's doing? He's negotiating here. Now, get an understanding of what's going on. He's not trying to just be totally dishonest here. What he's doing is this. If you owe money right now to a credit card, do you know that you can call them up and negotiate to pay them off at a lower rate because they would rather have a lower rate than nothing? If you don't know that, give it a try. A lot of ways to get out of debt is to negotiate with your debtors. That's a financial tidbit right there for you. So that's what he's doing. See, 800 gallons, the guy ain't giving 800 dollars. So he says, you know what? Make it 400 gallons. And that's actually a pretty good thing. Because if you're the boss that's been waiting for a guy to pay you 800 gallons, and you haven't been getting jack diddly, but now you finally get 400, that's a pretty good deal, isn't it? It's wise. Somebody say, it's wise. wise. Y'all you know, may not have read this parable, but just take my word for it. It's wise. Somebody say, it's wise. It's wise. And by the way, this is not my parable. It's Jesus' parable. I think he's pretty wise too, right? Yeah. So we should read it. Let's keep going. Because <laughs> yeah. you know, some of y'all are looking at like, well, why are we talking about this? Because Jesus talked about it. Is it okay if I tell you what Jesus said? I'm sorry I didn't watch Oprah Winfrey this week to tell you what she said. I'm going to tell you what Jesus said. Amen? Amen. Then he asked the second. How much do you owe? A thousand bushels of wheat. He said, take your meal, make it hundred bushels. Verse 8, Jesus talking, look at what he says. The master commended the dishonest manager because he acted
1: what?
0: Truly. Don't be quiet on me now. He acted what? Truly. Shrewdly. The wise man, the rich man rather, says to the manager, I'm impressed. He was dishonest. What was the part about him that was dishonest? He did it without his master's permission. That was the one area where he was dishonest. It wasn't his shrewdness. It says the master commended the dishonest manager because he acted shrewdly. Are you ready for the rebuke? Somebody say, rebuke me, Jesus. Rebuke me, Jesus. See, you got to love Jesus' spiritual spankings. The Bible says he rebukes those he loves, <clears throat> disciplines people like children, those he cares for. We have earthly fathers. They rebuked and disciplined us for our own good. How much more our, more our father, amen? He says, open rebuke is better than hidden love. Are you all ready for the rebuke right here? Say, I'm ready. I'm ready. Here's the rebuke right here. For the people of this world are more shrewd and dealing with their own kind, then are the people of light. I tell you, (coughs) use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves, so when it is gone, you'll be welcome into eternal dormance. It's like, what? What are you talking about, Jesus? That went right over my head. Make friends with money? The dishonest steward is a good guy? (coughs) Come on, baby, it's all right, come on, so we can say, man, if he's getting it, you need to get it too. Let me help you out right here. The people of this world are more about making money than you're about making money. And you think that's spiritual, but God's going to hold you accountable. You know why? Because you're letting them take your promotions. You're letting them take your businesses, uh, ideas. You're letting them take your customers, and they're taking the money, and they're wasting it on the world. And God says, I want that money for the kingdom. I want the money for the missionaries. I want it for the churches. I want it for the poor. I want it for the widows. So go out there and get it. Go out there and get it. Don't let this world take it from you with the heart of greed. You see, while you're being lazy, just letting jobs pass you by, letting opportunities pass you by, you think for Al Green, you know, David Green, you think that people are trying to take $2.5 billion from you right now. They want to take it from you. Get it out of his hands because he's a tither and he ties off his business. That's hundreds of millions of dollars going to churches. He helped Joe hosting buy his church in Houston. Are you all listening to me right now? You see, the world wants you to be... Broke, busted and disgusted. The, the the world out there doesn't want you to have anything. They don't want you to have nothing. You know what? Because Starbucks wants to take their money, fuel the homosexual agenda. They want Belmont and Clark to be all over this city, and then they want you to get upset with the pastor that has money because they want the money. You know, we look at Pastor Choco, God bless him. He's buying a 1.5 million dollar facility here. There's not been a church on the north side of Chicago that can fit a thousand people. They're all in the suburbs. He's got a 1.2 million dollar facility. He's going to spend 25 million doing it, and the world wants you to hate on him. But you know what? They don't. Want you to hate on six flags they don't want you to hate on the mall you just waste the holiday shopping on. they don't want you to hate on millennium park or the Trump tower they are jealous for the money that christians have because they want to use it to pitch slap you back with it it's about time that christians say you know what we're going to take back the companies we're going to take back the job we're going to get the raises. we're going to get the promotion and we're going to take this money instead of show take the money show.' we're going to put it into the kingdom of god Amen. Amen. Because the only way you speak to this world is dollars because it ain't making sense. Jesus said, Jesus said, I tell you, make friends with money to gain heavenly friends. He said "The children of this dark world are better than the children of light. People right now downtown, they're burning the lights. You know why? You know why they got their lights on burning the canvas? Because when it strikes 5 a.m., 6 a.m., they're taking that customer from somebody. They're going to be shrewd. They're going to do whatever it takes. They don't care who they hurt. They don't care who gets in the way. They are going to pimp and get it done. They don't get church to them as a byproduct. Helping missions is a byproduct. They'll spend more money on the habitat for animals than they will for missions. They'll spend more saving the world than they will on born children. Forty million children have been killed in abortion clinics. Are you tracking with me right now? And God is asking you, find your purpose. Own it. Stop letting the world take it from you. Get out there and be successful. Now, let me just say, so you don't think, well, Jordan wants us all to be billionaires. Let me tell you what this is like. Whether you are the person who sleeps the floor, or whether you're the person who's gonna be the next David Green, you make a decision. I'm gonna be the best at what I do. I'm gonna be the best at what I do. So you're sweeping floors, and they talk to the manager, and they say, hey, we need somebody over the janitorial team. Who do you got? Well, I got three people. I got this guy, this guy, this guy. Which one's the outstanding one? You know what god wants you to be that one are you listening to me you got three salespeople on the floor hey uh district manager comes hey i'm going to promote you to district manager i'm going up to a supervisor over another part of our corporate branch i need you to find a replacement who do you got well i got three people who's the best god wants you to be the best god wants you to be the one that they say we can't we can't go on without them and before you have a little mini poo-poo party, let me tell you about some people who have had to work in some tough environments. You know, we know people here work in some really tough secular anti-God environments. I'm not talking about running around, when, hallelujah, like some little chicken in a hand. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about disrupting business. I'm talking about when it's your turn, you get the job done, and on break, or at the end of the day, you tell them where you get the glory to. You know who's been through some tough situations? How about Joseph? He was a prisoner in Potiphar's house. He blessed Father of by all the hard work he did he was put into prison he blessed the prison by all the hard work he did and then he worked for the pharaoh in egypt and blessed him you ever heard of daniel guess who he was thrown into a lion's den but he was in babylon as a successful governor you have no excuse jesus is rebuking us here because christians are soft they don't fight for it they lose their competitive edge and then they wonder why they cannot make the difference that the world does why is it when trump tower wants to build a tower he can do it but when a church wants to do it it takes forever it took pastor choco almost 10 years to get this building almost 10 years shame on us as christians shame on us that we still have to meet here You're, the radio shad don't meet here the walmart doesn't meet. all of these things are powered by people with money and god says christians where's your money now keep reading. This is what he says. He says, "Whoever can be trusted with very little can be trusted with much. Whoever is dishonest with very little will be dishonest with much." See, here's the principle. It doesn't matter if you're working part time at the supermarket. You would be the best bagger. Whoever you are at that supermarket, you can be. You get the honor, the testimony. People ask you, "Why do you do such a good job?" You give the glory to God. With little, how did he start, Al Green? Little, he's given much. That's the biblical principle. He says, how can you be trusted, if you can't be trusted with worldly wealth, how can you be trusted with true riches? We're asking God to give us heaven. You know what heaven is? Riches. We're asking God to give us riches. He can't even trust us with a tithe on this earth. Hello, somebody. We can't even be trusted with worldly riches, and we're asking God to give us heavenly riches. And then I think about all these entertainers, when we get to the media and arts, we'll talk more about this. We talk about all these entertainers, guys that throw balls through a metal rim getting paid $200 million. Guys that run a pigskin down a grass field getting the same amount of money. We wonder what's going on in this society. You know who's the boobs that's giving them the money? I always talk to these kids who like rap music and they always talk about how if you're not built, if you don't have money, you're nothing. You know how they get their money? From boobs like us! We're the medium groups that give Michael Jordan-type people the money to then flash it back in our face to say, look at what I have, look what you don't have. Let me tell you something about sports. It's the king and queen of America and they bow down to it every weekend. They bow down to sports and they bow down to entertainment and it rules over this land with an ironclad fist. It makes everybody feel like they're nothing. Let me tell you what we need to do. First of all, my great uncle played professional sports the day when he had to pay his own ticket to get on a bus. You know what's should be played in parks. You know what stadiums should should be? Churches. Are you listening to me? Churches should be the stadiums, and guys shooting basketball, running pigskin up and down the field should be in a park somewhere. But guess who makes the choice? You do. It's your money. You're the one that made that choice. You're the one who bought that product, bought that ticket, and then when your pastor comes to you and talks about missions, talks about Pastor I can hardly get somebody to say, "Let's give thirty dollars for dollars It took me so long last year, after seven years of planting the church, to get twenty-seven thousand dollars to mission, and I guarantee you, I take all of our internet, all of the things we spent money on sports. I guarantee you, you spend more than triple of that to the things of this world. And you think God on judgment day is gonna to say to you, I'm just so happy you didn't murder anybody. I'm so happy you didn't steal. Who cares what you did with your resources? You weren't faithful and chap diddly, but I'm just so happy you weren't a crack at it. I'm glad you didn't rape and pillage villages. God is asking us to be doers. He wants us to be shrewd. If you're, if you're called to business, be the best. Be competitive. You get out there, you get the customers, you get the promotion, you get the raise. And stop praying these simpleton prayers, God bless us for and no more. Shame on you for only thinking about your family. When was the last time you said, God bless me to be a blessing? When was the last time you said, God bless me so I can have finances to win souls, to bring them to heaven? To win. So, do you actually believe in a heaven or hell? I was listening to the, 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 the magicians, Ben and Tyler, I believe is the guy's name, is the guys and babies, what are their names, Teb and Tyler? Ben and Teller. Who? Ben and Tyler. Ben and Tyler, thank you. You know what Ben said? He's an atheist, he hates God, you know what mm-hmm. he said? He said somebody gave him a Bible and said, I really believe it, I want you to read it. He said, I respect this guy, out love all the others. And you know what he said? You know what he said that? He said, because I'm so tired of hypocrite Christians. Because if you really believe there was a hell, shouldn't you be telling more people about it? If you really believed I was going there, shouldn't you be telling me about it? He said this was one of the guys that I, he respected him, came up and gave him a Bible and said, yo, you've got to get right with God. If we really believed in a kingdom that lasts longer than this kingdom, why are we spending money like everybody who only believes in this kingdom? We spend our money just the way they do. We buy what they do. We, we, we support what they support. And then we say we believe in an eternal kingdom of heaven where God walks, you know, with the streets of gold and souls are there. And then the other place is a place of eternal torment. The worm never dies. They gnash their teeth. or are in a bottomless pit and a lake of fire. We're like, whoa! Well, how much did you give to stop that in India? How much did you give this year to help the gospel reach those other parts of the world? I don't know, $100? Shame on us. Look what he says. Keep going. He says, "No servant can have two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other." You cannot serve both God and money. You see it right here. All of a sudden goes somebody goes, "What's your answer? That's all I need to know. I don't need to have money." No, no, you, you don't get it. You know. See what he's saying is what he's saying is when you're not using your money for God, you're loving your money. See, if you're not saying, God bless me to be a blessing, God use me to impact the world, God do something great in me so that I can have more than enough, and some people are like, well, I just to provide for my family. The Bible says even the pagans do that. Of course you're supposed to do that. You're an infidel. You should hang yourself to a millstone and throw yourself in the sea. The Bible says Jesus said, if you don't take care of your family, that's obvious. But after you're full no more, do you have a promise from God you have a heart to ask God to bless you to take care of you and to give you more to give if you don't you love money now you see you hear these songs like this money 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 but you know what you never hear washing machine washing machine washing machine washing machine hammer 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 you know why you never hear that It's because people idolize money, but they look to the rest of these things as tools. Let me tell you what money is to a Christian. It's a tool. It's a hammer. It's a washing machine. It's something that gets the job done. When I have it, I can build an orphanage. When I have it, I can help build the church. When I have it, I can provide for my family, and I can provide for others. When I have it, I can stop abortions. I, when I have it, I can build drinking fountains. You see, when you have it, you can change the world. You use it as a tool. You love it, it will damn your soul to hell. How do you know you love it? By where you give it. You don't give it to God, you hoard it for yourself. The Bible says on Judgment Day, James, it will be like a cancer, a to your life, to to your body, and it will eat you up on the inside it will destroy your life money is the root to all kinds of evil. don't love it but use it amen use it for what to win souls that's what business people are called to do surely what does it mean to act wisely with creativity can I believe in this room that whatever you guys do you'll be the best at can I believe that I really do I want to believe it number one you're going to be judged by what you did with your resources. God is that rich man, you're the manager. He's gonna ask you, did you waste my resources? Did you waste them? Number two, the business world thrives on creativity and new ideas. The things like the iPad, can you go this way for me please? The things like the iPad, the iPhone, you know what? Creative ideas. Steve Jobs hardly knew anything about religion. He was a quiet reserved man. He was more of an Eastern philosopher. You know what? What a waste, what a waste. What a waste of his influence. What a waste of his money. He's thinking he's going to have a peaceful death. Here he is dying. He closes his eyes. The first thing that he saw was the God who judged him. And the last thing he saw was his feet. And now he's in hell. He did not repent. Are you listening to me? He's there right now. Think about that. If he didn't repent, Steve Jobs is in hell. He's like the rich man with Lazarus. He's begging right now, would you put water on my tongue? I am suffering right now. Put water on my tongue. He is screaming out, will somebody go warn my family? He is screaming. If he is there right now, he is screaming for mercy. All this wealth meant nothing. He didn't take a U-Haul with them. The Pharaohs and the treasures doesn't mean anything. You don't take it with you, friend. And so it was a waste. God's going to hold you accountable. God knows where every penny went, my friends. God knows what we spent our money on. God knows why we didn't give it our best in this world. He's going to hold us accountable. Last time I checked, it wasn't Steve Jobs. that came up with his own brain in the laboratory. God gave him that brain for a reason, and he missed it. Number four, or number three, the people of this world are more shrewd to make money than Christians. Yes, some of them are dishonest. Some of them lie and sacrifice their families on the altars of their job. All of that is not commendable, but the way they want it, The way they go after it, you've got to give them credit. They want it more than we do. And that's why they keep dominating that mountain. King of the hill, you ever played as a kid? Mm -hmm. People try to rush up that hill, you throw them off. That's why they're there right now. That's why they own those businesses. That's why they're there. I want somebody to knock them off in Jesus' name and build more Hobby Lobby mentalities where we don't have to wear out our people. We can take care of our workers. Did you hear what he said? You see what a Christian business does? They say, I take care of my people. Read the book of the prophets. You know what a lot of the times the issue is? They take advantage of the laborers. How much corruption right now is in major businesses? Whether it's sweatshops in third world countries. Whether it's corruption in lying, how about some Christian business then? You might say, Pastor, you living in a pipe dream. You ever heard of America? Isn't that the largest business nation in the world? Guess how they established the friends on Christian principles. See, they forgot to tell you that in school, didn't they? Our government was established upon Christian principles. Did they do everything right? No. But the greatest nation on this planet, the businesses, the capitalism, the democracy, was based off the Bible. Look at your dollar. What does it say? In God, God we trust. They knew what they were doing. Now what do Americans trust in dollars? And the dollars keep clicking up, and we can't have enough of it. Because when you don't have God, you never have enough. When you never have enough, friends. Think about it. Number four. While on earth, Christians use. While on earth, Christians need to use resources to win souls. And number five, don't love money. Use it as a tool. Are you ready for the second part? Can you say amen? amen. amen. Come on, I'm preaching to you today. Matthew 25, 14 through 20. And if you come back next week, we'll preach to you the same way. Amen? amen. You can expect a message like this every time you come to Metro Prince. Praise God. Are you happy about real preaching today? Amen. You see, some preachers try to lie to you to get their money. See, they want to manipulate you. I don't want to manipulate you. I want to rebuke you, and you deal with it between you and God. It's not between you and me. Like, I'm going to come to you like some beggar. You know, Pastor, you need a little money. But let me tell you something. Pastor will keep preaching with or without you, and you'll bust hell wide open if you don't stop loving money. <laughs> Do you understand? Yeah. You all get that in your mind. I'll go to India, live in a hut, and say to hell with everything over here on this side of the water. Well, I mean, you will not get me with money. I will not be bought. I've had people come to my church, and they've said this to me, say, Pastor, you offend us, you know, we're great titers, we're great this, we're great this, but we want you to calm it down a little bit. We will not calm it down. That's
1: right. not- because to us,
0: this means everything.
1: Amen.
0: He said you can't serve two masters. Why didn't Jesus say you can't serve God in sex? Why did Jesus not say you can't serve God or politics? Why did he choose the mountain of money? Because if there is any other God, lower chase G, that's fighting for your heart right now, it's what you have in your wallet. You will defend it unto death. You will justify it. And you'll get mad at the one point in the finger just to justify yourself. But God knows down deep inside your problems with money. Make it in your heart. God is my boss. I live for God, and I will make a difference. Amen? Amen. This is the passage I've been really waiting to preach on. Are you ready for the next part? I'm going to read it out to you right here. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to him. Once again, who is Jesus here? He's the man who owns property. He ain't got he ain't, no. He ain't holding his hand out to you. He owns the of cattle on a thousand hill. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. It all belongs to him. He gets it all in the end. His people become kings and priests upon the earth. Revelation. Read it. Do you all believe it? Anybody believe how it ends? It ends kings and priests upon this earth ruling the land. That's God's people. He said a man went on a journey. He called them his servants. He says to the one, I'm giving you five talents. This is called a thousand dollars. making so something we understand. I'm going to give you five thousand dollars. To another, two thousand dollars. To another, one thousand dollars. Each according to his ability. Let me just tell you right now stop this hating and start celebrating because you can't be jealous of what God gave somebody else. You see, we think that God needs to give you one, give you one. No, no. He gives you five, you two, you one. He will do it any way he wants. He is sovereign. God doesn't have to give you five talents. He gives you one. To be happy with it. And when you start complaining, start thinking about the people born in India. Why did you get to be born in America? And why do you have two legs and two arms? And there's paraplegics. You see, you play that game with God. God will take you there, and He'll show you it's all fine. He's the potter. You're the clay. It's time to do things this way. You listening? So when you show up on this planet, whatever color kind of skin you want, whoever your mommy and daddy was, whatever brain cells you have, whatever physical ability you have, this is what you do. Lord, your servant is listening. Tell me what you want me to do. Uh Here's your talent. Here's your five. Here's your two. It doesn't matter. When you get a talent in your hand, you better put it to work. Uh I could keep you here all day with people you would never think would have made a difference in the world, but they did because they took what they had and they used it for God. Are you guys with me? You went on a journey. Uh The man who received five talents. Went at once, put his money to work, gained five more. Come on, somebody say double up. Double and up. up. Number verse seventeen. He went to the one with two, gained two more. Somebody say double up. Amen. Verse eighteen. But the man who had received just one went off, dug it in a hole, and hid his master's money. After a long time, somebody say a long time. A long time. We waited for our master, amen. Long time, two thousand years, but he's coming. He came long time later to settle the accounts with them. See, Jesus knows business guys. Think about that. The man who had received five talents brought the other five. He said, "Master, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I gained five more." His master said, "Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. Now I put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness." Come on. So they say, "Party!" It's time to party now. Amen. God blesses those who work hard. Let's keep going. The man who had two talents, he, he said, Master, you trusted me with two. I've gained two more. So the master said, Well done. Somebody say, Well done. Well done. Okay. So you want to hear that good, faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many. Come and share your master's happiness. Somebody said, party. Right. Party. Come on. Now I want you to hear this. This is not my words, it's Jesus's Jesus' words. And since this is the third time I preach this today, you're going to understand why I'm so intense with this. Because I know what he's about ready to say. Listen to what Jesus says to this man. The man who had only received one talent said, Master, I know you're a hard man, investing where you have not sown and gathering where you've not scattered seeds. you see what he says about his boss? He says, I know you're a hard man. It means hard working. And I know you went to places that were hard to plant seed and you planted it. You know who that's talking about? It's talking about Jesus. Jesus left the glories of heaven. He had the kenosis, the self-empty, the hypostasis. It's union. He was joined with God and man. He came in the flesh. He walked among us in his earth He left his glory. He was a hard man. He planted seed on hard ground. He preached to people. They got angry with him. They crucified him. His best friends betrayed him. He was a hard man. Are you listening to me? He worked hard. He says, I know you've worked hard, but what you gave me, I just took it and I buried it. So I was afraid. I went and hit your tile in the ground. See, here's, where, here's what belongs to you. Now listen to what Jesus says to this man, Jesus. Not deep till baby Jesus, December 25th, Jesus. Judgment Day, Jesus. Everybody with me? Mm -hmm. His master replied. Say this with me, one, two, three. You wicked, Wicked lazy, lazy servant. servant. I say it again, one, two, three. You wicked, lazy, servant. servant. See, I knew Jesus was going to say that. That's why I've been preaching to you. See, God is going to judge us. What did you do? But the life I gave you. Why well, was it no preacher? Well, what were you then? Why well, was God to, you know, to work for this company? Did you do your best? Did you work with all your talents? Did you ask me to bless you? Or did you just take what I gave you and you hit it in the ground? The moment Bill Gates left here, he went right up there, and God said, Now, what do you have to show for your, I mean, that's Steve Jobs, What do you have to show for your life? Uh, 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 I got a bit done. No, no. What do you got to show for my kingdom in your life? Well, well, you know, I knew you were a hard man, Jesus. And so, you know, here's my life. You know, I didn't kill me, but At least I And Jesus is gonna say, "You wicked! You lazy servant! You knew how hard I worked two thousand years ago. Foxes have holes, birds have nests. I have nowhere to lay my head. Three years I preached." I suffered. I bled for you. This is what you did. Now what he said, look what he says to them. So you knew I harvest. will have had a sown, gathered where I didn't scatter seed. You should have put the money in a uh, deposit with the bankers. When I returned, I would have received it back with interest. See, Jesus is a capitalistic God. He you understands you've got to make money with what you have. And here's what he says. Take the talent from him. Take it from him. Get it out of Steve Jobs' hand. Take it from him and give it to the one who has ten. Well, Jesus, that's not fair. You already asked him. Yes, it is because he worked. For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Somebody say an abundance. How an abundance? On, remember, abundance. How many of you want an abundance? Come on, we abundance. How many of you want an abundance? Amen. Whoever does not have, listen, even what he has will be taken from him. Now look at verse 30. If this doesn't scare the hell right out of you, I don't know what it is. Look at what verse 30 says. And throw that what? Worthless servant. Throw that worthless servant outside into darkness, where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And I just want to slow down because I had to preach. It makes burning in my heart because I go overseas and I see that we wasted here we don't have it there. I do building funds here and I see people wasted here. It just breaks me up inside because I know these places, these churches, those mission fields. You know what it means? It means souls. Souls. Do you understand that? souls. That's what it means. Dollars and cents when used for God equal souls. Jesus said it. That's what I get. I get it. Okay? Now listen. I want you to hear my heart. It doesn't matter where you are in life. It doesn't matter your level of education. Jesus is not trying to prop up the middle, white-collar, upper-class people. He's not trying to put down the poor. What he is saying is, You've been given a talent in life. You use it for my kingdom. Because I will judge you one day. Don't waste it. I think about people in life who waste what they have. Let me give you an example. There's a story about a couple. They spent their whole life working on working on saving up to retire in Florida. They get to the end of their life and then retire there. You ever been to Florida? You see at the beginning of the day, the seashells are out. Everybody comes out to take them You get out in the afternoon and all go. This couple, I and mean, they got a place right by the beach. So, uh, you know, Sunday mornings, where are they they're at the beach. Monday mornings, they retired, right? Kind of reminds me of the guy who owns my building, uh, my house. He retired and went to Florida, right? And they collect these seashells by the seashore every day. They die and they go to heaven. And God asks them, "What did you do with the wealth I gave you?" Well, God, I took care of my family. And God says, "What about the other families? What did you do with the time that I gave you?" You can live to 70, 80 years of life expectancy back in the the, the you know the time of, of Christ was 40, 50 years old. You can live now to 70 years old. And you know what they do? They they hold up their seashells to God. And they say, Well, this is what we did with the last 20 years of our life, the last two hundred thousand we had. We just collected these seashells. And God says, Now look at a generation passing you by. And they see one person after another, one from Africa, one from India, going to hell, and God says, your money could have changed those lives. It's a fictitious story to think about. It. When you stand before God, what are you going to show Him? When I stand before God, I'm going to show him the friends that I made with the worldly wealth that I had. I want to say, look at what I did, Jesus. People ask me all the time, how in the world are your books, these little churches, you touching 200 churches around the world. You know why? Because we care. We care. That's why. We care. The question is, do you care today? I want to challenge you with these last points. Stewardship. Entrusted to care for another's goods. Who gave you the brain to do what you do well? Who gave you that brain? God. You know, T-Bow, such an honor to God. But what T-Bow does should it be extraordinary. You know, he takes a knee after the football games. It should be ordinary. After you won that business, client, you don't have to shout hallelujah on the job. You know. When you're out for dinner, you're say, man, I'm so thankful. God bless you with that client. You know my dad was a businessman all his life i watched him lose a business one of his businesses went down there was another competing company and they did everything they could to take him out he lost hundreds of thousands of dollars guess what my dad never stopped tithing my dad kept bringing me to church he never turned his back on god he said god will make way." In his 40s, he repositioned himself, learned another trade, went back to school, learned more things in the business world. The last 20 years of his life are more successful than his whole life. And you know the story he told me as a businessman? As a businessman, he remembers. Sitting at a table, pastor called together some people in the church, and they said, let's start a Christian school. How many of you think Christian schools are important right now? Right? Homosexual agenda is being approved for elementary schools right now. Elementary schools will be learning about homosexuality as a normal part of the family life. In elementary schools, in these next years, it's already started in California. How much more so do we need affordable Christian schools, right? Mm-hmm. See, Catholics knew how to do it, but they make so much money. What about affordable Christian schools, right? My town didn't have one before. We didn't have that one for church, uh, non-Catholic or Lutheran. So the pastor calls together the businessmen. And he says, guys, you know, I don't remember the number. Let's come up with the number. He says, guys, we need $100,000 to get this job done. My dad's a young businessman. He hears the businessman. One man says, pastor, I've got $25,000. My wife and I will put it in the starting school. Another businessman, pastor, my wife and I will put it $10,000. You know what my dad said in his heart? He said, God... Would you make me one of those men? So he said, whatever the Lord told him, thousand. hey, that's awesome. But he said, God, would you make me one of those men so that I can sit at tables like this and build ministries? And without telling his numbers and things, He has done that for his life and his business. He is still one of the top five friends that Wayne, my other friends, call. And they say, hey, give me your dad's number. We need to raise support for these different things. You see, I'm tired of people asking God just to bless them. It's about time people start asking God to bless people through them. God, I just don't want it to come to me. I want it to come through me. I want to have big dreams so I can change the world. Amen? You're entrusted with another man's good stewardship. Number one, you are given talents by God to use for his kingdom. Number two, you'll be rewarded by what you will multiply. Number three, if you bury your talents, you will be punished. And number four, when you're faithful with little, you'll be given much. Can I just encourage you to be faithful everywhere you are? Let me give you one of my last testimonies. I didn't get to share it in the morning services, but this is a powerful testimony. So I'm downtown buying that 40-inch flat screen we have in the back at one of those condo high rises downtown. From a young guy, we also bought the couches from a pretty cool setup the way he had. And you know, I'm just always envious of these guys because they're like, you know, not a bad one. But I'm just like, oh man, these guys live downtown. This is a cool life. So I'm down there looking at the buildings, asking him what he pays for rent. I'm passing it out I'm like, what? You pay for a condo one one room, not even a bedroom. You know what they call the, the yeah. studio? He space for a studio. When I pay for a five bedroom house out in Harwood Heights, I'm like, I can't believe you guys pay this. We get up there, I start preaching to him. You know, I'm just like, hey, man, you ever think about God? He's from a Muslim family. He hasn't had any religion, you know, since being at a stand in his house. Young know, guy, just successful in business, whatever. And we're talking, I'm just witnessing to him. You know what he says? He says something to me that almost brings tears to my eyes right now. He says, Oh, man, you got to meet my doorman. He said, man, my doorman, he tells me what you tell me all the time. you got to meet him. And I'm thinking to myself, man, that's cool, man, doorman. He's, he's speaking to him. So we go there to get, the team, uh, to get something later on. I forgot the remote or something a couple days later. You know what? I need that doorman. He's a youth pastor at his church. The youth pastor came out to me. He used to go to SUM. What was the guy's name? Can't think of this. The African American guy. He's a youth pastor. You guys remember his I can't remember his name. But he runs out to me. He runs out to me, and he shakes my hand. And he goes, Pastor, you, you know so and so. Yeah, I just you know we connect together, and it, it, it just clicks. I go, You're the doorman. And I go, Bro, you keep it up, man. No. You're making a difference.
1: No. You're
0: touching people's lives. That's what God is talking about. It doesn't matter if you're the doorman or the CEO of a company. You make a difference, friends. Let your testimony shine through. Be the best at what you do. And the world, they only recognize that. They only recognize success. And so when they come knocking on your door and say, how did you do it? We won. You can say, you know what? because I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You should put that first and see what God does for you. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's dance. Vanessa, what's <laughs> you call? Thank you for letting me go along tonight. I appreciate it. I'm so passionate about it. Let me give you three T's of giving right here. Three T's of giving. Everybody can give something in their life. Even if you're not called to own them out in the mountain of business. Here's three things you can give. Number one, you can give your time. Everybody has time to give. I look at these young guys right here. You know why they're here? Because we give time to them. You know why you're here? Because somebody invited you gave give you some time. Would you share that now with others? Use your time. Use your time to make a difference. Okay, number two, talents. Every one of us have talents. I know you heard it as a kid, but it's true. We have talents. You know, I was talking about the parable the blind and crippled. You know how much they sometimes put us to shame. you ever seen these uh, commercials or these things that they do in life? the the guy who doesn't have any limbs and he does the marathons with his dad. I mean, it's unbelievable. What's our excuses? Man, come on. You live in one of the greatest nations if not the greatest. You can become anything you want to be. Put your talents to work. Get rid of laziness. Get rid of stinking thinking. If you're putting yourself down, stop and start believing in yourself. Ask God to give you a dream, a promise. Dream again, you know? Get your dreams out. What happened to us when we were kids and we believed we could be something great in life? Let's still believe that. Amen? Amen. And lastly, treasures. We all have treasures. Whether it's the pocket change, you know, some of you came in here with. Or whether it's, you know, the American Express black Card, you know, whatever. You all have treasures. Give it away. Give it away. You'll know when to stop. God will come on. You think God's going to say, okay, give it away and be homeless with your children. But I, I never heard it go the other way. I've never heard people say, you know what, uh, I, I was trying to give, but God told me not to give. You know, I never hear that. We see people are always afraid we're going to become homeless and beggars. You know what, start living a life of giving, and God will tell you when to stop. He's not going to let you out Him. Time, talents, and treasures. That's what you're going to be judged on. And I pray that you get to hear, well done faithful servant. Amen? I won't let any CEO outdo me. I'm going to work hard for Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today for everybody in this church. God, today, we're challenged by your words that come across even harsh or at times just hard to receive. But God, we know they're true. You're going to judge us based on what we did with what you gave us. Lord, help us to live the fullest life for you. It's not by works we're saved, it's by grace. But because of grace, you've given us good works. To do on this earth. For 30 seconds right now, would you pray for your company? Right now, would you just pray for your company? If you don't have a job, would you pray for your career to take off? Come on, would you pray for your company today? I know where some of you work, it's been all my heart today. Some of you work at Starbucks. What would happen if those owners of Starbucks had the same agenda that, that David Green had? My goodness, could you imagine the difference they would make? Come on, let's pray for our companies. Put righteousness in the companies, God. Take away greed. Any corruption that's in those companies, remove it, God. How about this? We pray that you bless our companies because we want to keep our jobs. When was the last time you as a Christian even prayed for your company? God, uh, bless them so I can keep getting paid here. Come on, pray for them. I guarantee you, if any of you went to your job tomorrow and said, Hey, Paul, let me ask you a question. Uh, Do you want hard workers here? Do you want successful people here? Do you want ingenuity, shrewdness here? Unless they're wanting to fail, I guarantee you they'll say yes. And you know what you can say? Hey, you know what? I'm going to be those things. I'm going to be successful. I'm going to be hardworking. I'm going to be creative. Hallelujah. Bless our jobs. God bless our companies. Now I want you to start to dream. Use your imagination for something positive. You know, so many times it's negative or fears. Or use it for things that aren't possible. Maybe winning the lottery or something. You know, use your imagination And think of where you want to be 10, 15, 20 years from now in your career. And say, God, help me to dream big. Come on, God, give me a dream for this company. For my career. Give me dreams, God. I want to be successful. I want to be good at this. I want to impact lives. Jesus, Jesus, bless those here, God, who are called the mountain of business and now lastly where my heart has always been where you can trust me to be on my mountain would you pray right now for missions just pray for missions, pray that Americans will support the mission field the hurting, the lonely come on and we'll, we'll at least do better this year than dog food pet food us use us to support the hurting around this world. We won't let Angelina Jolie outdo us. We won't let Madonna outdo us. The church Was the greatest force for change go far. The church has been there helping the people of Ethiopia. It's the church, oh God, that is right there in the middle of Afghanistan, Iran. I met a missionary from Tehran, Iran, and said, pray for more missionaries to raise up. Oh God, it's the church that needs to invade North Korea so they can be free like South Korea. We pray for the mission field, the hundred million Chinese Christian believers that talk about the exploitation of their country. God, we pray for those churches to grow, to transform their nations. Your heart is on the nations today. You said my house will be called a house of prayer for the nations. Hallelujah. Now we're going to get ready to close out. We're going to sing a song before we go. All workers are going to be here to my right. Would you guys just come down? As we get ready to leave, we're going to dismiss you. Please hang out fellowship. but well, We're going to sing a song. And if you need prayer, if you need, if you need to be encouraged, would you see our prayer workers? I know specifically for so many men, I feel it, the pressure when you've lost a job or you just feel like you're not a man. Don't let the devil get you down. Don't be discouraged. Let us pray for you. Get up and try again. Get up and go again. Or if you just need prayer for anything today, health, your family, blessings, and your life. As we close out, we're going to sing. You can receive prayer or just fellowship. Let's close out and pray today. God, I thank you. I ask you to bless us, and I ask you to bless everyone this week to be the best servant they can be. In Jesus' name, can you say amen? Amen. God bless
1: you. Sing these songs, get some players, and hang out tonight. Thank you for coming.